Welcome into the Producers Podcast. Jeff Orlowski, the Polish Pipe Bomb. It is the eve of the Milwaukee Bucks starting their championship season. And so who else to have join me in studio than good old Lamont. How you doing, Lamont? What's up? Um, I can't complain, man. How about yourself? Long oh, time no see, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's been a long time. We were in here last year. Did uh, uh, one or two uh, podcasts on the Bucks and everything. You can follow Lamont and, and on Twitter at LSFNJ. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Jeff underscore Orlowski. Um, yeah, man, that off season just flew by. It did, you know, and, uh, I, it's crazy as it sounds, you know, when that game six ended, I went into a mini depression, man. I remember sitting on my porch the next morning and the neighbors are coming by, you know, how somebody passes away in the family, people oh, yeah. come by to bring food and, <laughs> and check on you, pat you on the back, your shoulder. They were coming, man. Cause they knew something was wrong. They knew I wasn't feeling good from that loss. And, I I felt I felt it slipping away. You know what I mean. I, I felt it slipping away. I didn't want to believe it, but you know it happened. And uh, it seems like yesterday, but like you said, man, it went fast. And here we are again, opening uh opening night tomorrow night for the Bucks. Yeah, that's what's good about the NBA is that there the turnaround between you know the end of the NBA Finals and the beginning of the new season is so short that there isn't a whole lot of time. For sure. You know, it's not like um, like when the Packers, if they end their season on a heartbreaking loss, it seems like it's a year and a half before they play again. Right. Where the NBA, it seems like it's about two weeks. Yeah, I know. Yep. So, you know, hopefully uh, tomorrow night kicks off uh, some healing medicine for everybody in the great state uh, city of uh, Milwaukee. It'll be a good one. Yeah, hell yeah, it will. Uh, before we get into the uh, the Bucks, you know they tip their season off tonight. You can tune into the Bucks, uh, the Milwaukee Pro Hoops post game show, pick and save Milwaukee Pro Hoops post game show. After every Bucks game, right here on the fan. Uh, before we get into the Bucks and all that, what are your thoughts on that whole NBA China deal? It's tough, you know. I always say that you know um, certain things athletes should just stay out of, and. Uh, you know, LeBron James, right? Mm-hmm. Talking about LeBron James and the comments that he made. Um, and we talked about this kind of before we started recording. It's like, you got to be careful what you say, especially if you're in the public eye, let alone, you know, the the caliber of person that LeBron James is, the following he has. So everything he says is going to be scrutinized under, under a telescope, magnifying glass, if you will. Um I don't know. I, I I really don't understand why he said what he said. I don't know if he's trying to be Muhammad Ali with this. You know what I mean? Um, I I think he shouldn't have said anything. Um, I don't know if he really feels like what he said. I don't know if that's what he meant. Um, some guys just try to play hero. Uh, I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence with it. What do you think? I think he stepped in it so bad. Yeah. You know, for him to sit there and, you know, this is a guy that has absolutely no problem going out trashing uh, Donald Trump on Twitter. Right. Uh, you know, campaigning for Hillary, uh, you know, saying time and time again uh, how, quote unquote, woke he is. <laughs> right. And then to sit there and support communist China over... <laughs> Over the free speech right. of the Houston Rockets GM yep. and supporting freedom 
for the people of Hong Kong. Right. It was just completely bizarre. I yeah. couldn't believe that he said what he said. I I thought that you know, the the flack that he des- that he got was well well deserved. Yeah, and uh, there's some. I mean, the NBA is going to lose some money behind this. You yeah. know, they're going to lose some money behind this. Uh, I know they called. They wanted a uh, GM for the Houston Rockets terminated. They wanted him fired. But I mean. Who knows what's happening behind the scenes? Who knows what Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, is saying behind the scenes? I know he wants to wring his neck, but publicly they got to support him. And yeah, that's, that's absolutely what they're doing. They do, and uh, you know, I obviously I, I wish the best for for the Houston Rockets GM, and um, you know, I I don't cheer for the Rockets. I don't like the Rockets. Right. I don't have a dog in the fight, <laughs> but uh, you know. To sit there and come down on a guy because he's supporting freedom for a ton of people. And I want to say it was, uh, I think it was Dr. King who said, uh, injustice anywhere is a threat to uh, justice everywhere. Right. And uh, the fact that, you know, with all the human rights, uh, you know, and all that that goes on in China, uh, to sit there and, and choose their side over the people that are fighting for freedom just is absolutely bizarre. Yeah, I was uh, kind of confused about it, too. Well, okay, let's put that to bed. Uh, so, Milwaukee Bucks! Yes, it's finally here, man. Oh, the 2019-2020 season. It's here. It's here, man. It's Were gonna... you uh, you wake up this morning, like, is this been, like, you know, one of the longest days of your life? Like, a kid, little kid on Christmas Eve, like, it seems like that day takes about six days. Six days, man. I mean, it from an excitement standpoint, I compare it to, you remember when you were a little kid and Christmas Eve, you know what I mean? Yeah. Christmas Eve, you go to bed, Christmas Eve, that's that's how I'm feeling right now, you know? From an excitement standpoint, this is single-handedly the most excited event for me is the eve of, you know, when the when the Bucks season starts. Um, and, I mean, it it's... It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a good season, but there's pressure. There's lots of pressure. So when I say there's pressure, from my standpoint, it, it could be kind of stressful as a fan. Because um, I know you probably saw the 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 comment that came out today that Giannis said, you know, if the Bucks underachieve or regress, that it's gonna be difficult. It's gonna be a more difficult decision to um to resign to, to resign or, or it's going to make his decision that much more difficult so with that in mind the a player of the caliber that Giannis Antetokounmpo is it's kind of stressful to me yeah. you know it's kind of stressful as a fan you know knowing that I mean who knows the Bucks started out hot last year very hot you know and it's going to be tough you know if they don't start off hot as a as a fan you're going to be stressing like is Giannis happy you know what I mean is he thinking about leaving um but you know, I'm just trying to 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 enjoy the ride, and I you know put a tweet out there earlier that I'm already getting sick and tired of people speculating, you know what's going to happen with Giannis, you know where is he going to go if he leaves here. Let's just enjoy this. Let's yeah. just enjoy this. I personally don't think he's going anywhere, um, but it it it's going to be in everyone's mind, in the back of everybody's mind. You know, is he unhappy uh, if if things don't go the way that we all want them to go, and if he's going to leave. Uh, I don't see him leaving either, and I think as long as John Horst continues to make moves uh, that improve this roster, and like I believe he did during this off season, uh, yes, they they lost you know Malcolm Brogdon mm-hmm. and all that, but 
you know, we finally have a shooter right. in Kyle Korver yep. now that we have been itching for for years right. around here. Um, you know, they brought in Giannis's brother. Uh, you know, so I think that um, as long as John Horst is is making moves to improve the team, and he has a good track record so far for sure. with the moves that he has made, I, I don't see Giannis leaving. I think Giannis really does like it here. Um, but, yes, I agree with you. I think the pressure is high. Yep. For them to repeat the the win total from last year, make game six of the Eastern Finals right. like last year, uh, those are very big shoes that they have to fill entering this season. Yeah, and I don't – like, I, I agree with you. I don't think he's going to leave, but naturally, you know, it's in the back of your mind. I don't think he's going to leave simply – you know, I got a, tons of people I talk to, tons of people that tweet at me, say, oh, I think he's going to leave. You know, look at LeBron and when he left and look at all these other superstars that left. And, you know, they say if they could do it. Giannis can do it. But the way I look at this here is this is a very unique situation. Giannis being born in Greece, living in Greece, being drafted by the Bucks, uh, getting that work, the Bucks getting that work visa for him, getting him over here. Um when he first came over here, uh, it was him and his brother, Thanasis. And actually, Thanasis was, I believe, drafted by the Knicks the year before. So he was already in the U.S. on the draft visa. Um, and Giannis's family could not come yet because there were some, there were some issues. Uh, I don't know the exact details of those issues, but they couldn't get those visas or whatever, passports to get over to the U.S. And uh, so Giannis is just over here with his brother. So... You know, like I said, Giannis was drafted by the Bucks. So the United States, you know, he was really he was born to Milwaukee, you know. So this is really all he knows, you know, and, and he's a he's a loyal person. You know, the, the the Greeks are loyal people. And uh, you know, he was born into this here. There's there's the there's there's ties here to Milwaukee now. His his uh brother that plays for the Lakers now, he went to high school here. He's got a uh, another brother, younger brother who currently plays at Dominican High School, and his dad passed away here. Um, it, I don't know if his dad is buried here or not, but uh, there's you know lots of ties here to Milwaukee. So I think it's a unique situation. I personally don't think he's going anywhere. Yeah, I agree. You know, he's his roots in the U.S. are here in Milwaukee. Yep. And I think that uh, a, a huge thing for it, was when the Bucks had a couple days off in California and you saw the paparazzi, you know, chasing Giannis right. and, and hounding him all the time. And the look on his face when they, you know, just wouldn't leave him and his girlfriend alone. Right, right. And congratulations to Giannis and his girlfriend expecting a baby and all oh, yeah. that. So congrats to you guys. Baby freak. Yeah. Um, I, I think that only helps, you know. You would get – if there there's certain players – who need to be in a big market, either ego, uh, you know, with the way that the NBA salaries are set up, you, you know, financials don't really enter into it anymore. Right. With the exception of taxes and stuff. Uh, Cause obviously if you, you know, if you make a hundred million in California, you make a hundred million in a state with no, no income tax, like Texas, there's a hell of a difference. Yeah, there. I think Florida's right. Yeah, Florida's Florida. got yep. zero as well. Uh, you know, so there's a few states, but, uh, you know, I think that stuff, the financial stuff has basically been taken out of it 
because of the way the NBA has structured uh, these deals and everything, which helps the teams like the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, for sure. And so now that financials aren't an option, and Giannis can make more here than he could anywhere else, Mm -hmm. so even if it was, he would be able to cash in. Right. But the fact that the last extension he signed, he he took less than the max. Right. Because he wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I, I don't worry about him leaving at all. Right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I personally, I don't think the Bucks are going to win 60 games. I'm not exactly sure that we need to win 60 games. Obviously, if you have an opportunity to get first place in the conference, you want to do that because, obviously, you get to the conference finals, you have home court advantage. But I, I, I think that when they won 60 games, I don't know if that was their mindset. You know, we want to get the 60. We want to get the 60. I don't know if that was their mindset, but if it was, that's a that's a young mindset. And, you know, when I look at last season's season, uh, when they got the 60, it was great. 60 and 22, they clinched the best record in the league. But then when I look at them at the end of game six, I saw a lot of fatigue, yeah. a lot of fatigued players out there. I saw Giannis. He just looked spent, you know, no more energy. And I think that maybe last season was a learning experience, more so like, hey, we we did win those 60 games in a regular season. That didn't mean a damn thing. And then here we are in game six. We've got no more energy left. So I think when you have a young team like the Bucks have, it's a it's I, I think through the course of losing, you learn how to pace yourself throughout the season. And I've seen interviews with other players that say, hey, you know, we have to go over to Giannis and tell him to calm down. Like, hey, this is just game 15 or game 20 or, hey, this is a preseason game. But they're saying how Giannis is wired. He just goes 200% all the time, whether it's practice, preseason, regular season, playoffs. But I think naturally Giannis learned that he's got to pace himself. Yeah, and, you know, obviously that's a wonderful trait to have because – yeah, I think the NBA gets more flack than other sports about guys, you know, kind of half-assing it. And, uh, you know, you'll hear about a football player, oh, yeah, he takes some plays off sometimes, stuff right. like that. But in the NBA, it's easy to tell when, you know, oh, yeah. watch James Harden play right. defense. Right. You know, or that, which obviously he doesn't. But watch him, you know, sort right. of half-ass attempt to play defense. You can tell the guys that are loafing it. And obviously, it's wonderful that Giannis is is wired uh, uh, different. They should have known. Yeah. Because when Golden State went what seventy three and nine and didn't win and didn't win the championship, right. you know they broke the the Bulls seventy two and ten, uh, you know best regular season record of all time, and they looked gassed as well by yep. the end of the playoffs. Yep. So you know, but maybe this was a thing where it was like just as kind of a feather in the cap they wanted to get to 60 and right, all that right. and more credit to him i definitely see Giannis having more load management days right. uh more fourth quarters off stuff like that and for sure with him playing really the whole summer you know what i mean he played for he played for the uh the greek national team him and his brother so i mean he went from I mean, winning 60 games in the NBA to going the farthest he's ever been in his career, uh, you know, in the playoffs. So, you know, from an NBA season standpoint, he played as many games as he's ever played. Uh, I'm not sure about his minutes, though, as far as, you know, the minutes matching up to other seasons. But anyways, 
he started playing basketball in you know September last season training camp, and he I don't probably been playing for a year straight. You know yeah. what I mean? So you know what I I know guys want to go play for their country, and and I respect that and everything. But it just it kind of it concerns me. You know what I mean? So maybe we'll see more, a lot more, you know, low management with Giannis this season, considering that he played through the summer. Um, and I know that he had that knee injury last year, the knee issue, the knee soreness that they had to rest him a few games. But I think we're going to see more load management, which brings me to my next point and kind of the problem we saw in the conference finals. Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe cannot afford to have bad games on the same night. Right. And I, I, I kind of think that's I, I hate putting blame on people. I say teams lose together, they win together. But personally, I say in the conference finals, the Milwaukee Bucks lost that series because Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton did not step up. It was really it was just Giannis and Giannis carrying the team to that point. I mean, when you get that far, you have to have another guy that that's just consistently giving the main guy a break offensively and defensively, and the Bucks did not consistently have that. And I think that wore Giannis out throughout that series. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm. Let's just say I'm not the biggest Middleton fan. Right. Uh, so you're not liking that contract. How, what, no. What do you not. What do you think about so that contract? And I, I I tell people this like, you know, going back, I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago when Michael Reds. Ah, wow, 15 years ago, I think, when Michael Red signed his extension, I think that was $90 million. I think that was 04. And I wasn't a fan of it at the time, but it's like sometimes with these small market teams, depending on their situation, sometimes they're put in a position where they have to re-sign that guy. And I think the Bucks were in the position where they had to re-sign Chris Middleton. Some people say, like, nah, they should have let him go and kept Brogdon. Rumor is Brogdon, when uh, Brogdon said, you know, once the rumor is Brogdon said, once the Bucks extended Bledsoe, he pretty much said, I want to, I want to test the market, I want to see what's out there, um, because I think eventually Bledsoe wanted to be the point, or Brogdon wanted to be the point guard of the team, but them extending Bledsoe pretty much was the writing on the wall that you know we're going to move forward with Bledsoe, um, so. I don't know. It, it, it's tough. I kind of think they were forced into that. What do you think? I agree. I think that, you know, they, they had to, and they knew that with what was out there, they weren't going to get a player as good right. as Chris Middleton. You know, my problem with Middleton has been the same as it's been for, you know, forever. He has a good one good game a week, right. and then he's nowhere to be seen the other couple games a week. Right. So, you know, the consistency and – at this point, I don't think that he can get more consistent. I think that's just who he is. Right. When he's on, he can carry your team to victory. Right. When he's off, he is way fucking right, off. Right, 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 right. And he can cause your team to to lose. Right. Uh, like we saw in the playoffs. And Bledsoe, the same thing. Yep. You know, Bledsoe, I think he got more kind of frazzled the later that the or the longer the Bucks went. He's got like some stage fright or something. I it remember was something because you know he turned it back into Bled Show. Yep, and that was bad, yeah. man. Yeah. That was bad, and you know we saw how horrible he was playing. It was like 
Every time he, every time the ball went to him, it was just you just kind of you hung your head. Yeah, you cringe like, uh, what is he gonna do? Um, I mean, he he shot way more long ball shots than I think he needed to. And you know, Shaq you know, on the air, he's like, what is he doing? You know what I mean? He's he's a he's a tank. You know, physically, no guard on the court can match his strength. Take it to the hoop. And defensively, he was fine, but offensively, I I mean, this is going back uh, two years ago when the Bucks played Boston in the first round. And Terry Rozier ate him up. Oh, yeah. And, you know, gave it to him. He was calling him uh, Drew Bledsoe yep. instead of Eric Bledsoe. So basically, he disrespected him. And I was like, okay, you know, Eric is either going to lay down or he's going to use that to fuel him into next season. And he did just that. He had a hell of a season last yes, year. Yes, he did. But once the playoffs came around, I think he did okay in the first round. Again, Boston, he struggled. Conference yep. finals, he struggled. So. I I wasn't a fan of re-signing him. And if but if you you know fast forward, you look at the deals that these other guys are getting. Seventy million dollars for Eric Bledsoe, a first a first team all defensive guy, isn't bad. However, he's got to show up in the playoffs, man, because that's when it matters. Well, yeah, you know, and hopefully it was just one of these situations where now that Bledsoe has gone through it and struggled, um. He's also tasted the conference finals. Right. You know, uh, hopefully he's grown from it and can sit there and, you know, put that stuff behind him right. and become more consistent this season because the Bucs are, are definitely going to need him. Oh, for sure. Now, this is the ongoing debate I've been having on Twitter. Do you think personally, I'll give you my opinion after yours, do you think as the team stands today – do you think the team is better this season, heading into this season, than they were when they finished last season? Yes. Man, we agree. Um, you know, some people say that, or a lot of people are saying, well, first of all, they're upset we lost Bledsoe. Or Brogdon. Or, or Brogdon, pardon me. They're, they're upset we lost Brogdon. And I was upset initially, you know, because, I mean, Brogdon's a good guy. He was a good guy for the franchise, a good guy in the community, well-spoken guy, uh, high IQ guy. He... Didn't really make any mistakes. He didn't really make any errors. Low turnovers. Um, his assist to turnover ratio was crazy. Uh, and he was in that, what is it, 50-40-90 club where, yeah. I mean, he just shot lights out. He was very efficient. Um, however, I mean, when you when you look at what the Bucks replaced him with, they replaced him with Kyle Korver and Wes Matthews, right? Mm-hmm. And then aside from that, one of the bigger issues that a lot of people are overlooking is in the playoffs, you know, we struggled with Gasol and Ibaka because they had two centers. We didn't. We didn't have a backup center. So Giannis would shift over. He played some center. Um, There's a lot of shifting going on. And sometimes we're undersized, you know, at the center position. Maybe Giannis is out of the game or maybe Giannis is playing the three or what have you. But that's an area we struggled in. Now to back up Brooke Lopez – you have his brother, Robin Lopez. Yep. And defensively, you don't lose anything. You might lose shot blocking, but uh, just defense for defense, those guys are very solid defensively. He's a stronger rebounder than Brooke, so you gain rebounding there. Offensively, um, he's starting to shoot the three ball like Brooke. So it's like it's like Brooke leaving the game, another Brooke coming into the game. You know, mm-hmm. So you don't lose much there. Uh, as far as... I think Wes Matthews is probably going to start at the two to replace Brogdon. No, Wes Matthews is not Brogdon. 
However, Wes Matthews is a vet. He's been in the league for a while. He's got fire, uh, a fire that we lacked, I believe, last season. He plays defense, and he's no bum from the arc. He can knock down a three ball, too. Um, then you have Kyle Korver, who is at 37, 38 years old. Yes, he's old, but he can still shoot the ball. You know, Straight sniper. He's a straight sniper. So I think you get 10 to 12 from him. I mean, you have DJ – or not DJ, Dante DiVincenzo coming back who was injured last year. You have Pat Connaughton. So, you know, I know a guy, I won't mention his name, that works for the 76ers, and he said that, you know, the Bucks are the better team because some people are picking Philly to come out of the East. He says Philadelphia is top-heavy. The Bucks are just way deeper, you know? Yeah. And anybody in the Bucks starting lineup, aside from Giannis, can go down, and I think there is somebody on that roster – that is going to come in, fill in, and just replace that, um, re- replace what that injured player brought. So I'm not worried. I think we're better. I wish Brogdon all the best over in Indiana. However, I think we're a better team than we were last season. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that, uh, you know, and there are some old guys on this team. You mentioned Kyle Korver being 38 years old. George Hill now is 33 uh, Robin, you know, the Lopez brothers are each 31, Ursan's 32, you know, so what, you know, Wes Matthews is 33. So, you know, there's, there's some old guys and, uh, you know, but they don't, those guys aren't besides the Lopez's, those guys aren't going to be counted on for, you know, 38 minutes a night right. or anything like that because right. this team is so deep. Right. And that's going to help them going forward. That's going to help Giannis get the rest like we were talking about earlier. For sure. Yeah, and, some, you know, with Brogdon, some people are making it out to be like he was the make-or-break guy for this team, and he's absolutely not the make-or-break guy. I think the way this offense is designed, the way Budenhoser does things, I, I think regardless of who's in that lineup at that position, they're going to succeed. I mean, you see in preseason they're scoring 120 130 points, and that's what their starters only playing 25 minutes. You know yeah. what I mean? So, from that standpoint, um, I'm I'm not even concerned a little bit. They're they're going to succeed, and I think they're going to outdo last year's roster. Yeah, and I like I said, I agree with you. Uh, I just I don't know. I am interested to see. There's a couple you know storylines that I think uh, is going to kind of define the early parts of the Buck season. What is Dante DiVincenzo going to be? As you far know, as position, like how good is he? Oh, how be? good is he? I I don't know. That that that's yet to be seen. Um, I've seen flashes. Mm-hmm. You know, he's. I mean, obviously, going back to college, we saw what he did in the national championship of game. Course. That might be the best reserve performance ever in that championship game. Um, but you're right. You know, uh. Dante DiVincenzo is going to be an important piece to to this roster or, or this team moving forward, and we don't know what he's going to bring. Uh, obviously, we know he's athletic, but as far as his consistency on defense, his consistency on the offensive side, you know, we, we don't know. Another guy who's going to be a wild card is DJ Wilson. Yeah, is he going to take the next step forward or not? I like DJ, uh, and I was disappointed last year, and we brought in um, um, what's his name. Um, he was with New Orleans. He didn't really uh, – Miritic. Yeah. We, we brought him in, and I kind of spelled the end of D.J. Wilson. But up until that point, D.J. Wilson was playing well. He was progressing. He's the kind of guy that needs consistent playing time to to grow, to 
to be consistently good. And I think that this year might be the year that he's going to get that playing time back. But DJ Wilson's got potential. He's added some size, but he he will be a wild card. Thanas uh, is out of the Kumbo. I think that might have been more of a, you know, we want to make Giannis happy, have his brother here with him. Right. I, I, don't, I don't really expect anything there, but if his name is called, he's a hard worker. He's got a lot of energy, plays good defense. Well, and, you know, he's got the best to sit there and learn from. For sure. And, uh, you know, you hope that, uh, and obviously being three years older, hopefully he does, will take uh, advice from Giannis. Right. And his younger brother, you know, he'll sit there and, and, and learn and grow. Yep. But, um, yeah, I don't expect anything out of Thanasis either. If he adds anything, it's a bonus. You know, that was one of the biggest disappointments for me last year was Miritich. Mm-hmm. I thought that when the Bucks picked him up, we were for oh, sure. Oh, yeah. boy. Yep. You know, yep. that pickup alone I thought was going to get the Bucks to the finals. For sure. And, oh, man, he was just straight off. He was bad. And when we, when we got him, he, had, uh, he was injured. And then, you know, after the injury, he was back. And then I think a week after joining the team, he, like, broke his thumb or something. So I don't know – it was really weird, man. Um, I know game six, he didn't play at all. He played zero minutes. Right. And he wasn't on the injury report, and now he's not even in the league. I know. So that's that's interesting that he's not in the league anymore because he's not a bad player. He wasn't until he came here. Right. So, and, yeah, I, I, I don't know what happened. Another, um, another guy that's overlooked is the, I think it was the fourth pick in the 2016 draft, Dragon Bender. He's a he's another guy that keep your eye on. Keep your eye on him. He's he's long. He could stretch the floor. Uh seven footer. Seven footer. Keep your eye on him. I I think the Bucks may have some. And you know, in the NBA, you know, he didn't really work out in Phoenix. But who's to say that development staff or that the the assistants over there, the coaching staff, who's to say if they're good in that department? Sometimes it's right place, right time in the NBA. And Maybe they gave up on him too early. But everything that I've seen in the preseason from him and heard, he's got all the potential in the world. He does, and he's young and all that. And he's not – the good thing with him being a Milwaukee Buck, he's not going to be expected to be logging big minutes. Right. He's not going to be expected to sit there and score 20, 25 points a game. That helps. You know, you want to talk about low pressure for him. He gets to come in here, learn and and work with some consummate professionals. Right. See how these guys, you know, guys like Giannis, guys like Bledsoe, mm-hmm. who are true, like, you know, practice champions and right. workout warriors. Right. How these guys prepare and go day to day in this league. You know, he's going to learn what it takes to be a true professional in the NBA. For sure. And like you said, it helps when you don't have that pressure of performing night in and night out. It 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 for sure helps. But he'll get. I think he'll get spot minutes here and there. Um, another guy is Frank Mason Jr. Yeah. Uh, you you know you watch it in college. You know Kansas Jayhawk, right? Yep. Kansas Jayhawk, and I didn't like I said before. I don't watch much college basketball, so I reached out to my buddy Jarrett, who's out in Kansas, and uh, he told me he says if his name is called. He's going to play well. So I paid close attention to him in the preseason. He's a tough guy, man. He's a tough guy. Seems like he's got a high IQ and just seems like he's just a, a solid 
human being, period. Yeah. So I know Eric Bledsoe had the, I don't know if it's fractured ribs. They said he was going to miss time. Now I'm hearing that he's not going to miss time. He's going to smart start tomorrow night. If he misses any time, I have complete confidence that the guards that we have with Frank Mason Jr., DiVincenzo, Pat Connaughton, I, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I, you know, I think for a short time we'll be fine. You know, if uh, if you lose and you're stuck with Connaughton and and Double D and Mason for an extended period of yeah, time, yeah, then sure. I think you run into trouble. But as far as a short period of time, right. yeah, I agree. I think it's not that big of a deal. But, you know, like I said, the word is that Bledsoe's playing. Hopefully, you know, he uh, hopefully he's healthy and, and stays that way all season. Yeah. You know, I, I think that with the fact that Kawhi is out of the East now, you know, the Eastern Conference got weaker. Oh, for sure. And, um, you know, LeBron being gone and all that kind of stuff. I think it all plays into the Bucks' hands. Mm-hmm. Because their only real competition for the one seed in the East is probably going to be Philadelphia. For sure. So because of the East being, you know, basically the redheaded stepchild to the West. Right. Is Giannis can rest more. Giannis can take more games off. Right. He can sit more, you know, he can sit five more minutes a game. And it's not going to hurt the Bucks as bad as it did last season when the East was was respectable, right? In comparison to the West, for sure. Yeah, like you said, you know, Philadelphia is really the only threat, and I agree with that. Um, some people are picking Philly to come out of the East. When I look at Philadelphia, they lost JJ Redick. Yep. I mean, he's an offense changer. You know what I mean? He's he's a sniper, another guy that can just knock the knock the hell out of the long ball. Um, that eighteen points a game, right there. I don't know what he shot from beyond arc, but it had to be over 40%. Uh, Jimmy Butler, they lost. Yeah, That's hello. another 18 points a game. So they lost scoring. They replaced that scoring with a 33-year-old Al Horford. I'm not impressed. I don't think that Philadelphia got better. Um, obviously, you can't take away from Al Horford that he's just a hell of a player. Uh, he could stretch the hell out of the floor. But Al Horford at 33 years old is not going to have the impact that those two guys that they lost combined, you know, brought to that team. Um, so I I don't think that team gets any better. I think they regress. Uh, you look at the uh, Boston Celtics; they lose uh, they lose um, Kyrie Irving, and they bring in Kimba Walker mm-hmm. to replace Al Horford, who went to Philadelphia. They bring in Enos Cantor. I like Enos Cantor. But Enos Cantor is not Al Horford. Hell no. Al Horford stretched the hell out of the floor, and he's a big that can shoot the long ball. Cantor can't shoot the long ball. So when you don't have that big that's stretching the floor like that, it changes the whole offense. Well, and Al Horford's a grown-ass man. Right. <laughs> and Enos Cantor is not right. a grown-ass right, man. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, I mean, it's it's um, I, I think the Boston Celtics regress. Uh, you have – who do you have next? Um, a lot of people are saying that the Heat are going to surprise. Heat. Shout out to Tyler Hero, uh, Whitnell, right down the street. Uh, I love Tyler Hero. I love his game. Um, you you have Tyler Hero there. You have uh, Jimmy Butler who went over there. Uh, I, I think the Miami Heat got better. The Toronto Raptors, you know, before the season started, I thought that the Toronto Raptors would be maybe like a six or seven seed. Watching them play last night, uh, Siakam, I thought they overpaid him. I, I kind of think I'm wrong. 
I don't know if you saw what he did last night. I mean, he almost had a triple-double. Fred Van Vliet, who's starting now, had 34 points. Uh, So, you know, Toronto's looking good. Um, So I I think how this thing shapes out, you know, at the end of the season, I think you're going to have the Bucs one, Philadelphia two, three – we forgot to talk about Indiana. Three, I I think – Depending on how, because Oladipo just got clear for five on five because uh, he's been injured. Obviously, Brogdon's over there. I, I think if things get back to how they were over there, I mean, they're w- well coached with uh, Nate McMillan over there. I think that I think you could have Indiana three, Boston, wow. Boston four, Miami five, and maybe Toronto six. Maybe maybe Toronto five, um, depending on how that works over there, but. I just I, I maybe I'm biased, but I just think the Bucks are the only team that got better. I agree. I think that uh, and, I, I'm, and I'm when I say better, I'm talking from one to fifteen, not right. the starting lineup. Right. Yeah. You know, I think an interesting storyline in the East this year is going to be the Boston Celtics. Last season was the first year that Brad Stevens struggled. Yes. And he, you know, the production that he got, the win total that he got and everything like that went down. Right. So how does Brad Stevens respond? Right. And because for like the last three, before last season, the the two, three years before that, oh, Brad Stevens, one of the greatest coaches (laughs) in the NBA. You know, everybody was putting Brad Stevens on Mount Rushmore. Well, slow down here, guys. Right. You know, slow down. And he struggled mightily and all that kind of stuff last year. This is a an important year for him. Mm-hmm. You know, does he get his team going? Right. Like I said, uh, like you were talking about, roster-wise, I think they're worse than they were last year. However, is he able to put this together and put them in better positions to win and be successful where maybe they pick up more wins this season than they had last year because of the way that Stevens is able to, you know, manipulate the pieces that he does have. Right. So I think that's going to be interesting. I think Miami, uh, a main thing that they have going for him is Eric Spolstra. Oh, yeah. You know, when LeBron was out there and, uh, you know, he was uh, with D. Wade and uh, Bosh mm-hmm. and all those guys, you know – you got Spolster out there, and I didn't pay him no money. Right. Because you could have had me as the coach. Right. And I would have won out yep. there, too. Yep. So, but these last couple years. Yeah, he impressed. Like, when uh, I, I was with you, I'm like, they could have uh, uh, Mickey Mouse. Gary Ellerson coaching. Or, yeah. Or anybody. You put anybody over there. My daughter. You know, they're, they're still going to succeed. They're going to win the championship. But when them guys left... And he's still winning games. I'm yep. like, that's that's when he opened my eyes. I'm like, yo, this dude can coach. Same here. Yep. Same here. Uh, so is he going to be able to continue uh, the progression, you know, and and build off of the – because like, like I said, it, he totally opened my eyes. Mm-hmm. I gave him no credit before. I give him a hell of a lot of credit now. Right. So can he keep that up, or is he going to have a down year like how Brad Stevens had last year? So – there is competition on the East. It's not just the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Little Sisters of the Poor. Right. You know, there are some there are some competitive teams out there. You know, when you put Indiana as a possible three seed, 
that's a team that the Bucks just have a tro- they have troubles yeah. with. There were some uh they played them in their home opener last year. They won, but the Bucks they were there were some there were some issues. There were some struggles. And you know, when you talk about, you know, like Bucks versus an Indiana game, and who knows, that could be a, a a playoff series. You know, I always wanted to ask a player. So in this situation, like Malcolm Brogdon, I mean Say the Bucks are playing the, the 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 Indiana Pacers, whether it be regular season or in the playoffs. Coaches are probably picking the hell out of Malcolm Brogdon's mind. So Malcolm Brogdon knows the system that Bud runs, right? So it's like against those teams, do they change what they're doing because they they there's an insider that's now playing for the other team? You know what I mean? Right. Like I'm just curious how they go about that. Yeah, yeah, that that's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, Jeff Orlowski to Polish Pipe. I'm here joined by Lamont. You can follow him on Twitter at LSGF or LSFNJ. Yes. My fault. At LSFNJ. I'm at Jeff Orlowski, undersc- Jeff underscore Orlowski on Twitter. Uh, producers podcast here the eve before the Milwaukee Bucks season begins. You know, I'm with you. This Bucks roster is better than last season. Uh George Hill, I love the fact that he's still on the team. If 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 the Bucks did not, I mean there was an option the Bucks declined. I they had to do, to to make it work out to bring him back. If the Bucks did not bring George Hill back, losing Brogdon, they would have been in trouble. Yeah. I think getting I think getting George Hill gave them the flexibility to have an option with Brogdon to bring him back or not. At times I'll go on record and say George Hill is better than Malcolm Brogdon. And I'll be honest, when we first got George Hill in here, I'm like, ah, he's struggling. He's not looking good. Maybe he's done. You know, but George Hill, man, is a hell of a player. And I'll even go a step further and say that, I mean, I forget the exact what it is, but I looked it up and the Bucks went like 18 and three or 19 and four or something wild like that without Malcolm Brogdon. Without Malcolm Brogdon. Yeah. Um, so. But that's with George Hill in there. So you lose George Hill, you 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 probably are going to struggle without Brogdon. But I think George Hill, man, when you know pound for pound, I'm I'm going to roll with him over Brogdon. Calming influence, a proven veteran. Yep. Smarter than hell. Mm-hmm. You know he knows how to play the game for sure. And uh, you know he's he reminds me a lot of Jason Terry. Oh yeah. You know, just the presence in the locker room yep. and and everything like that, and what he brings to the table, not just on the court. Right. You know, I was a huge Jason Terry guy, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I I would have loved for him to to become a coach. Right. And uh, I you think know, that was the plan. You know, but it obviously it didn't work out. I I've heard that you know Jason Kidd wanted to eventually bring him on staff, but we all know what happened with Jason Kidd. Thankfully, thankfully, now he's over there in uh in L.A. Like he's got this look on his face, man. I'm watching the game last night. He's got this look on his face, like he's like looking around, like yeah, we're losing. I kind of like this, you know what I mean? <laughs> like licking his chops for his opportunity. I, I just in, in that situation, switching gears is kind of off topic, but you know, looking at that coaching staff in L.A., you got Frank Vogel, mm-hmm. right? Then you have Jason Kidd. Then you have Lionel Hollins. You got three head coaches there. That could be very good or it could be very bad with well, I egos. I would call it two and a half. I don't give Kid enough credit to, to yeah. be considered a head coach, right. even though obviously the Lakers front office do. Yeah. I yeah. I 
I don't know. I think it's a matter of time before Vogel's out of there and Jason Kidd takes over. Uh, yeah, and and I can't wait because uh, I, I am not a Lakers fan. So, you know, if the Lakers lose, I'm happy. Uh, you know, and there's no real reason for me not to like them. Right. I, I'm not a LeBron guy. Right, yeah. I, I, I mean, hate him. So When it comes to LeBron, it was like, you know, I, I didn't mind him. I wasn't a fan, but I didn't mind him when he was with Cleveland. But then when he left – I mean, you leave, whatever, fine. But the whole the the the, the decision on uh, you know right. when when he had the program thing on ESPN with I think that was Jim Gray, um, and then what really got my gears grinding was when he had it was like a concert at America Airlines Arena. They had the strobe lights and the smoke, and they were screaming and yelling. And he made the claim that they're going to win six, seven, eight championships. That just rubbed me the wrong way. And then they lose to the Dallas Mavericks in the finals. Year, yeah, year one, you know. And then he left. Eventually he left. But I've always seen LeBron as uh, – obviously he's a hell of a talent. Um, not hating on the guy, but I think that it was – I think you can test his success more to his strength than skill. I always say like – and some say, oh, that's not realistic because it is what it is. If you take LeBron's strength away – then what? Well, and then you could say that about Shaquille O'Neal, what have you. That's exactly you know what, I mean? what was on my mind, too. Yeah, Shaq, too. Yeah. But it's like, you know, and, and I only go there with LeBron because people compare him to Michael Jordan. You know what I mean? Michael Jordan. Stupid people do. Yeah. He had skill. Yeah. You know, skill. You take his strength away, and Mike wasn't as strong, wasn't as big. He had just pure skill. Skill, and he had that inner drive. Inner drive. He had that inner demon in him that you will not beat me. Right. You know, you might sit there and, uh, you know, get by me on one play. Mike would be pissed about that for the entire season. I know. And just straight up try to posterize your ass. Right. Whether you did it in October. Right. he He still hates you for it in June. Yep. And, you know, which... You want to talk about a master motivator and right. all that kind of stuff. Oh, and, yeah. You know, you read the reports on Jordan. He was an asshole in the yep. locker room. Knocked yep. out Steve Kerr. Yep. You know, got into fights with a bunch of other guys, going to Vegas night before final games, right, stuff right. like that. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, I, I that was not – I don't think it was the flu. They say the flu game. I think that dude was hungover. Hey, Jordan knows how to party. Hey, I think that guy was hungover, man. But – at the end of the day, he got it done. He sure as hell did. And, you know, that anytime anybody compares LeBron to, to MJ, you know, I used to want to slap him, right. but they're just, you know, they just, they're not worth it. But you it's know? like, 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 first of all, they're two totally different players. Of course. Number one. Number two, if I, and you're older than me, but if I had to compare any two players or any player to Michael Jordan, me personally, it's Kobe Bryant. Yep. That's it. Yeah. I mean, their games are pretty much identical. Yep. Um, when it comes to Magic Johnson, or not, uh, when it comes to LeBron James, I mean, maybe you compare him to Magic, Magic Johnson because they're, I don't know, similar. Magic wasn't as strong, but the height, you know what I mean? The passing ability, uh, you know, getting to the hoop, you know, stuff like that. But, you know, and it, it's, it, it really is difficult to compare players from different eras to. Right. That's tough. You know, some people say, like, you know, like Wilt Chamberlain was better than Shaquille O'Neal. Well, I, two totally different eras. You know, yeah, he scored a hundred points, but 
guess what? Shaquille O'Neal is playing in an era where you can't stand under the hoop for longer than three seconds. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So it's it's different things, man. You know, back in then they didn't have the three point line. Now they do. So it's I I just try to keep it to okay. Let's compare eras here. You know, LeBron James and Kobe Bryant. If you want to compare two guys, you know what I mean? Shaquille O'Neal and Patrick Ewing. You know what I mean? Like right. just to compare guys that played in the league 40 years apart is just crazy. I agree. Who do you like coming out of the West this year? Man, that's tough. Um, naturally, you want to say Houston, uh, you know, on paper. But we all know the games are played on the court, not on paper. Um, you want to say Houston. Uh, I know Giannis won the MVP last year. I think he was the most valuable player to his team out of all the players to their respective teams. But I think Kawhi Leonard's the best player in the league. Okay. If, if I had – if I had Kawhi Leonard on my team and I had Giannis on my team and I needed one basket to win the game, I'm giving the ball to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, and that might be over every player in the league, to be honest with you. So with that said, I think Kawhi Leonard has that type of impact. You know, we went over – or not – he went over there to to Toronto last year and we saw the impact that he had over there. Yep. Um, he completely dominated in the playoffs, completely dominated the Bucks. On, he was hurt too, you know. So, with that said, I have to go with the Clippers. That's who I'm rolling with out the West. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, you uh, in your crystal ball, mm-hmm. you foresee Bucks Clippers in the finals. I see Bucks Clippers, and I mean, naturally, I'm going to say the Bucks. You know, it's it's uh, Giannis versus Kawhi part two. You know, and the kind of guy that Giannis is. I think that if that is the matchup, Giannis is going to do everything within his power to make sure that the Bucks come out on top. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Giannis is just – he that's just how he's wired to me. I see him, um, and I hear the things that he says. He's locked in. He's he's really locked in. And he says if the Bucks regress or if they have a rough season, then it's going to be a tough decision. I mean, really, it's on him. Right. You know, it's it's on him first and foremost, but it falls to the, to Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton that those guys have to be consistent. Um, but I got you know I got the Bucks coming out on top. You know, if you match those rosters up, you know, I think the Bucks have the better team, top to bottom. I think the Bucks are probably the deepest team in the league, uh, and that is including Thanasis on this team. Oh yeah. Which is shocking because it's like playing one less. Right, right, right. Uh, in my opinion. You know, I don't want to sit there and trash the guy when he hasn't played a regular season game yet right, for right. us. But, you know, I think that I, the Bucks are supremely talented top to bottom. So I, I see the same thing. I think Bucks clippers in the final. And uh, you want my prediction on that? We're going to have to do it again <laughs> when we get closer to playoff time oh, and, yeah. and before the finals. So. For sure. Yeah, but, I mean, you look at the West, and I, a couple teams I forgot to mention. I mean, we talked about the Lakers. We talked about the Clippers. Um, you, We said Houston. So we got uh, Clippers, Houston. Don't forget about the Denver Nuggets. The, right. The, the Portland Trailblazers. Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz, who added uh, Mike Conley and – People forget that the Golden State Warriors are just not going to lay down. You know what I mean? No, they don't have Klay Thompson. No, they don't have Kevin Durant. But they still have the best shooter, I think, the best shooter ever. Um, 
and Steph Curry. You've got Draymond Green. And you have uh, uh, D'Angelo Williams. Or D'Angelo, D'Angelo, what's his last name? D'Angelo, D'Angelo something. All I'm thinking about is that singer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, D, well, D, yeah. Think about D'Angelo. D'Angelo. Why am I not? Why is his name not coming to me? First well, whatever his name is, we yeah, know. We D'Angelo know is the about. first name. D'Angelo. Uh, D'Angelo. We'll just call him D'Angelo. Yeah. You have him over there. Um, he was over with um, with the Brooklyn Nets last year, and he had a hell of a season. He can shoot. So the Golden State Warriors aren't just going to lay down. Maybe they don't go to the finals like they're used to going to, but they're going to be there. They're going yeah. to be there. They're going to be making noise, and in the Western Conference is going to be hell. You know, every matchup is going to be hell come playoff time. So, uh, but me and you both agree, we got the Clippers coming out of the West, the Bucks in the East, and like you said, you know, come playoff time, we'll talk about this again. Well, you know, I, we got to do this before then too. But oh, yeah. uh, you know, the one thing, and I trashed uh, LeBron a lot on this uh, podcast here. The one thing I want to give him credit for is if I had to put money down sometime last season, I would have bet every penny I had that, you know, basically when it was known that LeBron was going to leave again, right? that he was not going to go west. Right. I didn't think LeBron had the balls I agree. to go out west and play in that Western Conference. I respected him for that. I do respect him for that, too. Yep. And uh, so I definitely give him credit for that. I didn't think he had the stones to go out west where every – game out there with except you know the exception of, of just a few teams right is a nightmare is that why a battle is that why he uh got injured i mean the first time in his career i mean freak injury whatever people don't get injured on purpose you know what i mean so but i think that the way the west is set up his body wasn't used to that battling right. night in and night out like you're not playing against the the Milwaukee Bucks with Brian Skinner this night, and then the next night the Chicago Bulls, who only won 30 games that the season before. I mean, you're going up against legit playoff teams every single night, and yep. who knows? Maybe his body couldn't take it. Um, but you also have to consider his age. You know, I'm watching the game last night. What is LeBron? 34 years old, but he's been in the league for like 17 years, right? Yep. So you know, you take all of that into consideration. I'm watching the game last night. He's looking old, man. Maybe he, he isn't one hundred percent healthy, but he's he looked passive. You know, he looked a little heavier to me. Um, just I, I I think that, and I think last year, I think last year began the decline slide for LeBron. I think it fell off even harder this year, but not the LeBron of old anymore. You know, yeah, I think the decline is is definitely begun as well. Uh, you know. When you've been in this league for 17 years, and granted this is not the same NBA as the bad boy Pistons and all that kind of stuff, but your body takes one oh, yeah. hell of a pounding. Yep. And Every day. for being 34 years old, he's probably got the body of a 50-year-old. Oh, yeah. You know, and the aches, the pains, and everything like that to go along with it. It catches up. It does. You know, because, I mean, for years, years, LeBron James didn't get hurt. I mean, he'd miss a game here, he'd miss a game there. But he was out for an, an extended time last season. That was the first time in his career. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see uh, Bucks kick it off tomorrow night. Uh, Can't wait, man. Merry Christmas, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I you smiling ear yeah. to ear. Yep. I mean, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good night, man. Um, it's it's gonna be a good night. It's gonna be a hell of a game. I I can't say that the Bucks are gonna win the game. I got all the confidence in the world that they're gonna win it. But I mean, the 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 Houston Rockets, man, are just. I mean, from top to bottom, they're a, a deep team as well. Yeah, of course. They're 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 they got D'Antoni over there. You know, D'Antoni likes to run and gun. They're gonna get up and down just like we're gonna get up and down. Uh, it's gonna come down to defense, man. Defensive stops. I mean. Russell Westbrook is an animal, you know, when it comes to just intensity, scoring the ball, rebounding the ball. I mean, he's a triple-double machine. Is it two years he averaged a triple-double, um, which is just insane. And then, uh, obviously, you got James Harden. It's going to be interesting to see if Giannis guards James Harden. That's the matchup I would like to see because there's kind of been – and this is the first time, man, that I've ever heard a runner-up for MVP just keep talking about the MVP that he didn't win it and how he should have won it. I don't know if you heard the interview, but Giannis basically was like, you know, you're not going to get me to say that I'm better than James Harden. You won't get me to say I'm better than any player in the NBA. However, the MVP trophy's at my house. Right. So hopefully, you know, hopefully that 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 hopefully that did something to James Harden. Hopefully he's pissed off. Cause I want to see I I like drama. I want drama. Nowadays, man, you got these guys hugging each other, you know, after the game, going out to lunch before the game. Right. It's too friendly. You yeah, know? it is. So I would love to have a rivalry with them or anybody else. I wish the rivalry would be in with the team in the East. Yes. You know, because you play each other more. Right. And all that. You got more of a chance to build that hatred. Right. But, yeah, I'm right with you. Yep. That stuff is good for the league. It's yep. good for the game. It's good for the fan bases. Yep. I want to see some drama, man. I, I would I, – I would even go as far as saying, and some people may frown upon, see some punches uh, thrown. Hey. I mean, hey, man, you know, like you said, it's good for the league. I don't want those punches to connect because I don't want to see nobody get hurt. But I just want to see bad blood, man. I I really do. You know, I was disappointed with the playoffs last season. There was not a fight. There was not one fight. Maybe a couple guys got tangled up, but – I just miss 80s, 90s playoff basketball, yep. man, where you got drama. Guys just hated each other, man, and that that spilled over into the next season and the following season. But now, like I said, it, it's all friendly, fun, and games because you probably played with that guy two years ago, and maybe you play with him next season. Yeah, You never know. And with the contracts that these guys have now, you know, it's not like back in the day where, you know, yeah, you had guys making a ton of money uh, at the time. But then you had some players, especially at the end of the bench, that weren't making squad. Right. And uh and those those were the guys that scrapped it up a lot too. For sure. And uh yeah, it was it was some pure hatred over there, just chaos yep. and and anger yep. and all that. And that makes that makes it so compelling. So compelling. I mean, you even had like guys like Greg Ostertag back in the day that stepped up the shack. Yep. You know what I mean? And and it's just like I, I was a huge Shaquille O'Neal fan, but people are like, hey, Lamont, how do you feel about ulcer tag all up in Shaq's face? I said, I love it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think Shaq even slapped him pregame one time. You know what I mean? Um, I just want that hate to come back. I don't think it will. But I don't think you know, so either. Yeah, I, I, I would love if it did. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, enjoy the season. Oh, and yeah. uh, like I said, we'll be back at this uh, before too long and, sure. and get another one of these popping. But Thank you uh, for tuning in. You've been listening to Producers Podcast. 
Uh, check us out on the radio.com app. Uh, you know, we'll sit there. I'll post it on uh, all the fans, Facebook and uh, Twitter and all that. You can follow uh, Lamont on Twitter at LSFNJ, at LSFNJ. You can follow me, Jeff Orlowski, Jeff underscore Orlowski on Twitter. Lamont, thank you. It's oh, been always, fun, man. man. That was a quick hour. It just oh, flew. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Always, man. Uh, I want to give a quick shout to the Sith Lord. I know he's listening. Um, we love you, man. Hell, yeah. Yeah, I wish you were here, Sith. So take care, folks. We'll talk to you next time.